Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, live on Podbean Live. Third week in a row. A little bit of hiccups today. Laptop decided, nah, we're not going on time. We're going to kind of crash. So that's why I had to resend a new link out. Sorry for the inconvenience if there was one. But um, we're here to talk a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, what's going on with the Patriots? You know, I know I've been bringing it up the past couple weeks about Brady versus Belichick. Who, who got the better end of the stick here with the separation? We're going to dive into that. Um, college football rankings, big, big college football game this Saturday Notre Dame versus Clemson and Clemson had quite the scare this past uh, Saturday with Boston College um, but before we get into the show head over to staytunesports.net all our social media links are over on the right hand side there so you can follow us there I suggest following us on Twitter because I'm going to probably be doing some live tweeting of the game Saturday night maybe even try to do like a live video of it um as well hopefully i'm gonna try to talk to a a certain person and maybe try to get a a co-host or or whatnot i know it's kind of last minute but um and in the next couple days especially over on twitter i will be announcing our our new store we have new we're moving away from teespring going to a different store um and we already have a few products lined up in the store so keep an eye out over there um let's talk sports so actually um this past monday was the last belly up race of the the four-part series and was hell of a race um at least for the first half of the race and then all hell broke loose (laughs) um they basically went roughly it was a 200 lap uh, race it basically went like 60 or 70 so laps um, green flag and then I think it ended with about 17 cautions by the time it was all said and done and um, stay tuned sports guys unfortunately for that race didn't finish uh, up in the you know top three except for um, Dylan Thomas he came in at third but we did win the championship as the team. And I would like to congratulate Brian Mercuro, who is our one of our drivers for Stay Tuned Sports for this past race. Won the individual points uh, championship. 
So stay tuned, sports guys. Brought the championship back home where it belongs. Yes, a little bit of drama, but hey, gotta love some drama, you know, keep things interesting. So, well, I guess special uh, shout out to Scott Crump for putting the team together. Uh, Brian Mercuro, um, Dylan Thomas, and Kyle Lowry. Um, and I'm, I apologize to the guy that filled in for Lowry uh, this past Monday, but he was actually up there for a few laps as well till he got spun out and really couldn't recover from it. But congratulations to all you guys. Um, also, just want to thank Mike Brown from Belly Up and Belly Up Sports for allowing us to sponsor the first race as well as being able to put a team in there. So congratulations, you guys. Congratulations to all the racers that participated. So college football rankings obviously came out. Clemson, surprisingly, at least in my eyes, is still number one. Um, they played Boston College this past Saturday. I didn't tune in for the first half. Um, I probably should have because went totally opposite of what I expected. Um, Trevor Lawrence being out, I knew that would be a big blow for them. But I didn't think Boston College could you know, hang in there with them. And they were actually down by 18 points at one point. Made a big comeback at the end there. Um, Boston College almost pulled it up, pulled the upset. Unfortunately, the final play, basically that sealed the deal for Clemson to win the game, was Boston College's uh, quarterback was under pressure in the end zone. Threw the ball away, but was deemed uh, intentional grounding, which gave Clemson the sack and the ball back. Narrowly beating Boston College and gives me confidence for my Notre Dame team because Trevor Lawrence has been ruled out for this game. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Um, I, I, like I said the past few weeks, as long as we stick to our running game, I think we have a good good chance here because Boston College was getting some good chunks of yards uh, running the ball. At least from what I was watching. <clears throat> uh, but like I said, Clemson comes in at number one. They receive, and it's a totally opposite of what has been all season so far. Clemson received 33 first place votes, 19 fewer than last week, and only has a two point lead over Alabama. There was actually six voters that had Alabama number one, Clemson number three. So, and then Notre Dame came in at four, um, and I think, I forget who, who came in at five, but like I said, big game here, and it actually brings up the question for, for myself here, that if Notre Dame is able to bring the, or pull the, the upset here, obviously they, be, you know, moved up to at least number three, I think depending on what happens to Ohio State, they should jump Ohio State because Clemson is a big win for them. And do they get some first place votes or does Alabama get all of them if they win? Again, I, I think with such a, a slim margin between Alabama and Clemson, I would like to see Notre Dame get a, a few first place votes 
but most likely because obviously the committees or the rankings do not like Notre Dame, so they'll probably give Alabama all of them. Last time Notre Dame played Clemson was in the playoffs in 2018 and just got manhandled, 38-3 I believe it was. But obviously, you know, it definitely will come down to the talent on the team. Uh, Brian Kelly making the statement that after that game, that the talent level isn't there just yet, but it will be. It's gonna. I, I honestly think this game is gonna fall on on Brian Kelly. Um, is the talent level there? Obviously, I think they are better than they were in 2018. But are they as good as Clemson? Now, I think with Trevor Lawrence not playing obviously helps bring that talent level down to Notre Dame. They got to play mistake-free football, though. That's that's going to be the, the big issue. Ian Book's got to protect the football. Um, defense is going to have to play lights out. They're going to have to get pressure on that freshman quarterback. And hopefully they, they, they pull out the win here. Do I think they could? I, I honestly do think they could pull the upset. And I'm not saying that as a fan, just by watching uh, the, the first or the second half of the Clemson Boston College game, they're very beatable compared to 2018. And also, the one linebacker for Clemson is out the first half because of a, a targeting ejection during the Boston College. Excuse me, during the Boston College game. So, if Notre Dame could put a lot of points up in the first half which is going to be tough i mean clemson's no joke to kind of hold off any type of second half surgeons and it would also give them confidence you know they gotta score quick they gotta score every time they have the ball and not three field goals here and a touchdown i mean they, they need to get touchdowns here and the ultimate ending, I think, is going to fall on Brian Kelly if he's able to push this team over the top, over one of the top two schools in the nation. Like Ric Flair uh, once said, to be the best, you have to beat the best. Or maybe that was Bret, uh, Bret Hart. I forget. But, uh, I mean, they're one of the best teams out there. And if you want to be the best, you got to beat them. So I'm hoping... You know, Notre Dame pulls it off. I'll have my Miller Lite next to me. I'm already planning on having my uh, glass of Jameson next to me. So I'll, I'll be drinking happy or I'll be drinking sad. Either way, it's going to be an interesting night for, for myself and Notre Dame. But like I said, keep an eye on Twitter. Um, I will definitely put something on there saying if I'm going to do like uh, a live video or, or, or whatnot. So that way we all could kind of interact and give each other's opinions about what is going on speaking of what's going on um new england patriots two and five it's been years since we've seen a patriots team this bad and i think the last time we we've seen a patriots team this bad was probably the year before brady threw a first pass in the nfl um unless you've been living underneath a rock past few months 
Brady moved on to sign with Tampa Bay. Bill, Brian, uh, Bill Belichick signing Cam Newton to replace him, which the contract he got, you know, low risk, high reward type deal. And it's showing now the risk that he took. Um, Cam Newton just turnovers left and right, not being able to, to move this offense. And, you know, begs the question, like, what, what happened to the dynasty? Twice before, we all thought they were done, and they came right back, and even Tom Brady said, everybody thinks we stink, but here we are. Um, and here, here's, here's the issues. So when they played the Rams in the, um, in the Super Bowl, 32 players suited up for that, that game for at least 25% of the snaps on offense or defense. Of those 32 players, only 12 of them took snaps this past Sunday. So you lost 20 players since the Super Bowl against the Rams, which was two years ago when they played the Rams. Um, 14 players left the organization, while six were either injured or elected to skip the season due to COVID. Now, Belichick also came out this past week and said it's just hard to replace players because because of the cap situation. And the cap situation is this. Yes, they they have $26 million um, in cap space, but they also have $26 million in dead money. They still owe Tom Brady. They still owe, I think, Gronk was one of them. Antonio Brown was another one. Just bad deals that they did. And they're, they're drafting. You think about their drafts. Yes, they, they normally compile you know, future draft picks and stuff like that, but their first-round draft picks haven't panned out in the past few years since, like, 2012, 2013. So, can the Patriots salvage the season? I, I think if I'm them, I hang it up. I start putting my, my young guys in there to see what they have. If... They could, you know, should or could be on the team. Maybe start tanking for for Lawrence because he did make his Lawrence made his statement. That kind of sounded like if the Jets have a chance of drafting me, I ain't going. But I'd be willing to bet he'd jump at playing for the Patriots. And if you look at history here, most of the two and five teams don't make the playoffs, and if you do. You don't last long. As of right now, I think I saw they have like a 10% chance of making the playoffs. A team this bad, no receivers. It's just mostly made up of offensive linemen and running backs. Julian Edelman has been out. Um, Like I said, Cam Newton has been playing bad. Brian Hoyer has played even worse when he uh, played those couple games for Cam. I mean, by this point, why not just put that um, the quarterback that they started with in the training camp before they signed Cam and 
give him some experience and see what they could do. Me as an Eagles fan, I mean, I'm enjoying this to see the Patriots so bad because they've had such a long dynasty basically going on. Um, where do they go from here? Like I said, I, if, if I'm that organization, I just tank it. Hopefully you could draft better. And in the next couple of years, get that cap space, all that dead money off the books. To be able to sign maybe better players and things like that. And, you know, the trade deadline was this past Tuesday. They had a chance of getting some more picks and potential higher picks when they floated the idea about uh, trading Stephen Gilmore, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. Price tag might have been a little bit too high. I think they were, I saw they were asking for a first round pick plus a player in the deal. Most likely, they probably would have got a second or third round pick with no player. But still, a second or third round pick, you still could get talented players at a cheaper deal. Now, curious to see though, is Brian or is Bill Belichick going to stick around for a rebuild? You know, he, let's all be honest, kind of got lucky with Tom Brady with Drew Bledsoe getting demolished by Mo Lewis. It's going to take a couple of years for them to rebuild that team back up to where it was. And on a flip side, you look at Tom Brady, I think uh, Tampa Bay is what, 5 and 2 or something? Like, He's starting to come on. He had a rough rough start in the beginning there, but he started coming on. Um, now he's got Antonio Brown there. He's got some weapons. And it's starting to look like Tom Brady may have been the one that made the Patriots because he also didn't have the weapons too. So, he would, I mean, a couple, you know, for a year or two, he had Randy Moss. But the past few years, Julian Edelman was really the the superstar if you want to call it that the big name in that wide receiving core um gronk was on the downside the past couple of years because of injuries and just a revolving door for running back so it was really all brady on that team and he he kept them in it until he said you know enough's enough i'm i'm out of here i want to go win another super bowl before i have to retire again or before i retire so right now, I, I, I you know, with the, kind of doing like the presidential election uh, voting thing here. I'm, I'm voting that uh, I think Tom Brady won this uh, this fight between him and, and who's better, or who made the Patriots, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. I'm declaring Tom Brady the winner of that fight, that argument. Also that came out this past week was the NFL competition committee was going to present a resolution to owners that includes a 16-team playoff scenario. COVID is really starting to strike the NFL a lot. Uh, I just saw two more stories. Uh, Denver Broncos and uh, I think it was San Fran had shut their facilities down. Because they they got a positive test to come back, 
Um, Matthew Stafford got put on the, the COVID list. Andy Dalton, which we'll get to in a second here, got put on the list. So it sounds like this playoff situation, this playoff setup is going to kind of be like the NHL setup that they did. Um, eight teams from each conference is going to make the the cut. Uh, four division winners and then four wildcard teams from AFC and NFC. And obviously first first seed plays eight seed, two, seven, three, six, and so on and so on. Um, now, I know I was against it with the NHL, but I don't know how I feel about it, you know? Part of me has the same feeling. Just, I mean, look at the NFC East to, to begin with. I mean, I, I know only one team is coming out of the NFC East for this this playoff if they go this route. But you have potential to have shitty teams being in the playoffs as a wild card. It was different with the NHL because they start the season. They had most of the season going. They play more games, so they they have they had more time to get their team going to get them off that bubble NFL it's 16 games 17 weeks that's it there's no getting it going you know I'm just afraid again like with the NHL even though I was op- I was surprised with it I'm afraid the product they can put out there is just going to be horrendous because for example you know Kansas City Chiefs get the number one seed, play, you know, uh, Cleveland Browns. Or Houston Texans. You know, they're just going to destroy them. Just going to run all over them. And that's not really entertaining. You know, you want some entertaining playoffs to get your mind off of this whole COVID thing and anything else that might be going on in your life. I just wish they would somehow figure out how to do a bubble city or maybe do four bubble cities you know you don't have to have 16 cities going at you know at once on sunday you have 16 games why not play one game every week you know take a week off to to reschedule or figure out if you could reschedule everything moving the not necessarily who you're playing but move the day take a week off let everybody get readjusted to okay we have we have mondays we're playing on mondays okay we're playing on tuesdays you know and keep them in four cities i just don't understand why they continue to want to just keep going this this route and keep on seeing players testing positive for covid it's going to be a long haul to get to the playoffs, and it's going to be interesting to see who will be there in the end and still standing to be able to compete in the playoffs. So before I give my blue picks of the week, talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboy shit show. I should call it because I'm not even going to call it a game. I ended up, you know, Sunday night, ended up starting to watch it. And both teams just 
basically played hop to have who didn't want the game more you know Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys basically were drawing up the Sandlot football plays for the quarterback while Carson Wentz said no you know what? here, here here's the ball back let me roll out left where there's no receivers on, on that side get demolished by a cornerback and fumble the ball away now I, I know I've been a defender of Carson all year but I gotta tell you that was a pitiful game um, I don't know what's going on with him I don't know if he needs one of those uh, sports psychiatrists or, or what but if he's trying to be Brett Favre here's the thing about the difference between him and Brett Favre yes would Brett Favre roll out left and throw all the way right yes but not all the time and was he a very aggressive quarterback like Wentz yes but he would make one bonehead play and four great plays Wentz hasn't now I, I don't know if he has all if he thinks he has to have all this pressure on him because of all the injuries to the team but he needs you know someone needs to sit down with them whether it's the players or Doug Peterson and say listen dude you have a wide receiver that's emerging as a diamond in a rough in Fulgham. You have Greg Ward, who was kind of his, his security blanket last year. You have uh, Dallas uh, Goddard back. Running game, Boston Scott was awesome. You know, he was ripping some good ones off. Miles Sanders will be back soon. You know, you're starting to get some players back. You don't have to do everything. There's nothing wrong with rolling out and throwing the ball away. Stop putting it on the ground. Stop trying to throw in a triple coverage when there's no window whatsoever. And the cries for benching him are getting louder and louder and louder. And unfortunately, Peterson's got to answer the questions every week. Now, he, he said this past week he didn't consider benching him for Jalen Hurts. But I'll tell you what. When you go 15 for 27, 123 yards with only a pair of touchdowns and, what, four turnovers? At some point, Peter's going to be like, listen, if I don't do something with this team, it's my job. I'm going to be fired. I don't care how much money you make. Sit down, put Hurts in there. Let's see what he does because the few plays that Hurts does get in Seems like that offense picks up a little bit now. Is that because the defense isn't well prepared for Hertz? I mean, by this point, you gotta expect Hertz is gonna get about five plays a game. Now, do I think he'll do better than Wentz? I don't think so. I, I don't think. I don't think anybody will will do better than Wentz as far as quarterback if you decide to, to pull him. Just that offensive line is so bad bashed with injuries. He has no time and it's messing with his head, I think. Now what I I saw someone post, you know, maybe bench him for a game. Kind of get him readjusted, get his head cleared. I mean by this this point, why not? You know, NFC East is, is years for the taking. The Cowboys are going nowhere. 
the Giants with Daniel Jones, even though I've been rooting for him to take the next step, is going nowhere. He's all over the place. The Redskins maybe could take us over, but they're just as bad. But this Eagles offense needs to figure it out quick. Otherwise, when they do make, if they do make the playoffs, it's going to be a rude awakening, one and done. And surprise, surprise about our defense. Nathan Gary don't play, and our defense actually plays really well. Lots of pressure. Linebackers are playing really well. I swear to God, if he comes back in two more weeks and and starts playing. I think everybody in Philadelphia will have the pitchforks and torches ready for Jim Swartz's head. But Philly's off this week. They come back in two weeks. I think they play the Giants, maybe? I forget who they play, but I'm more focused on Notre Dame this, this Saturday. Can't wait for that game. So, before we go, we'd like to give our weekly blue picks. And here is your blue picks of the week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. Yeah, so blue picks, blowout lock, upset. I want to say I'm like 500 maybe um, on the year. Keep me in to go back and check to see how I've been doing. But like I said, do this for fun. Curious what your guys' takes are on them. Head over to Twitter. Let me know. Do hashtag blue. And, you know, I'll definitely see it. So, quick rundown. Blowout. Our blowout picks are a team that wins by nine points or more. Lock is your obvious, you know, going to win. Upset are underdogs that are underdogs by five points or more. So, to kick it off, my blowout pick this week, Steelers, who are favored 13.5 over the Cowboys. Like I just said, Dallas is just in shambles right now. Andy Dalton getting put on the COVID reserve list. Um, the kid that started last week for Dallas may not be starting this week. Cooper Rush may be starting. That defense is just not good. And neither is the offense. And that Steelers um, defense improved with the the trade they made with the Jets for that linebacker. Steelers beat Philly by nine. Philly will beat Dallas, so this should be an easy up uh, blowout for the Steelers. My lock pick for this week is the Colts, who are underdogs actually by two and a half over the Baltimore Ravens. I watched the the first half of the Ravens game, I believe it was, this past week against the Steelers, and they don't look as good as they did last year. Now, I have watched a couple Ravens games this year, and Lamar Jackson looks a little bit off, doesn't look his normal self, and they, they had a tough time with Philly. 
you know, they only beat us by two. Um, both the Colts and Ravens, I believe, have the same record. And I, I think the Colts could pull it off. You know, if they keep pressure on Lamar Jackson, but keep him contained and do the same thing the Steelers did, they could pull this off because Steelers did a good job of keeping him in the pocket. And that's not Jackson's strength. He, he, he needs to be outside the pocket to make some time. And also, there's a little bit of tension with uh, Marquise Brown not liking that he's not being involved in the offense as well as normal. Um, my upset pick for this week, and I mean, this is far right field here. Uh, maybe more right center field. I got the Jets, who are underdogs by eight, over the Patriots. Like we talked about on the top of the show, the Patriots are just a mess. Cam Newton, a turnover machine. Jets are due for a win. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of getting tired of picking the wrong upset ones here, but like I said, you know, it's, it's very tough to go 0-16. There's only been a couple teams in the history of the NFL to do it. I don't think the Jets will be one of those teams. I think they'll win one or two games and screw up tanking for Trevor or tanking for Lords, I should say. But I, I hope they, I think they could win this one. Um, again, if that defense could somehow get pressure on Cam Newton and cause some turnovers and turn those into points, then they'll pull this off. So, but I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, like I said, head over to Twitter, ST Sports Podcast. Follow us there because, like I said, I'm probably going to be live tweeting um, the game Saturday night and maybe a video or whatever. But also follow, uh, head over to staytunesports.net. By the weekend, you're going to see the new store up there with some new merchandise in there and more merchandise being added over the next few weeks. So. Until next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.